1: They have
0: planned and are now leading us into a one-world communist government. Welcome useless eaters to the Odd Man Out Podcast, where we talk about hidden history, deep political policy, occult deconstruction, economics, religion, and philosophy. I'm your rabbit hole aficionado, the odd man. Welcome. What's going on, useless eaters? I have a very special show for you. I finally did it. I had a guest on. I don't know why, but I've been paranoid to have a guest on. And I think it's because I've been afraid. I've run into technical issues while I was recording them, and I would be wasting their time. I don't know why that I've got this in my mind, but I've had it in my mind all along. And there are about 10 people I have on a list that I wanted to talk to, and Isaac was in my top five for sure. And it must be fate, because this is how it came about, him being on the show. The other day, he was doing a live video on Instagram. I was in my car waiting on my son. He was doing jujitsu. The sun was kind of glaring through the window, and I was fiddling with my phone, and I saw that... Isaac was doing a live video, and I usually check out his videos on there. And I thought I was just going to watch it. I didn't realize that I was asking to join his video because I wasn't paying enough attention. Boom, all of a sudden he could see me. And I must have looked like a total moron because I was so surprised that he could see me. He was like, hey, dude, aren't I supposed to be on your show soon? And I said, uh, I hope so. And so we talked for just a second, and he said, uh, yeah, man, I'll be on your show. Just uh, shoot me an email, and uh, he gave me his email address. And so I did that, and uh, we set up a time, and well, we had a great conversation, even better than I thought it would be. I was nervous, but um, you know, he was great, and this guy has such a wealth of information. He's been doing research so long, and his research is so deep. And there's so much of it that it's just mind-blowing. You can spend hours and hours on IlluminatiWatcher.com or listening to his podcast, Conspiracy Theories and Unpopular Culture. He's got videos. He's got books. He said he had written 12 books. So he's dedicated his life to finding out all this knowledge that most people will never acquire Yet he shares it and gives you the chance and the opportunity to find out this knowledge and use it in your life. So, without any further ado, please, please check out Isaac Weishaupt, the Illuminati Watcher. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, My next guest needs no introduction whatsoever. If you guys are into conspiracy theories, kind of alternative media uh, hidden symbolism in movies and music. Um, he's the man to go to. I mean, he's his volume of work and the depth that he goes to, I think, makes him a standout amongst everyone else that I can really see out there. Um, and he's been doing it for so long, and he's not even an old guy like me. But <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce Isaac Weishaupt from IlluminatiWatcher.com. And of course, his fabulous podcast uh conspiracy theories and unpopular culture. Isaac
1: Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, that's a great intro. I uh I uh, I appreciate those kind words. Uh I I'm I'm borderline old I'm getting there, so I don't know. I have <laughs> been I've been into this stuff since I was a teenager, so like I feel like I've been sort of in this re- years and years before YouTube was a uh a thing, you know what I mean? Before the internet existed, I was into aliens and and the high strangeness that is the conspiracy world. So uh, yeah, thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Oh, you're very welcome, man. I mean it. I mean, you know, I I follow all kinds of people and uh, read a lot of books and stuff, but I think you just go so deeply in your research. Like um, I just listened yesterday to the uh, second part of your uh, Raised by Wolves. And uh, God, man, it's just so deep, the things you go into. I'm going to have to to listen to it uh, another time just to really uh, kind of start to understand that stuff. But it's just, it's wild how you can, you know, you go through and you kind of um, break down things that many people would never take the time to look into.
1: Yeah. I think that, um, so like the raised by wolves shows, for example, that's a great example because like, I'm not, Uh, I'm not a genius at this occult stuff. Like I'm learning right there with everyone. And because I've been doing this for so many years that I'm gaining this foundation of knowledge, but for stuff like raised by wolves, when we got into the discussion on the cult of Mithras, I had to, I I didn't know anything about that. Right. So um, I'm familiar enough with this realm that, you know, I knew Tracy Twyman was like a researcher on this. uh, The second I I saw on Rage by Wolves, they were talking about the the Mithraic cult. Uh, I knew immediately, like, okay, I got to go to Tracy Twyman because I've been influenced, as far as my research goes, I've been influenced by a lot of sources, one of which is, I, I think it was Tim Ferriss that planted this seed in my mind many, many years ago about the idea of you know, save yourself a little bit of time by going to the experts who have spent all of their time. Uh, so some of my work is trying to understand what these other theorists like David Icke or Tracy Twyman, what they've been saying, because they've spent a lot of time researching. Uh, now, some of the stuff they present, I don't agree with, or I will actually find in my own research to to sort of fact check what they're saying. I'll find that there's points that I don't agree with or, or just, you know, aren't true enough for me to get behind. Right. But, but, uh, I, I do my best to sort of fact check everything because I find that in the truth of community, there's a lot of misinformation because we all want to get behind this, this idea of a, an Illuminati cabal. That's, you know, and COVID's a great example, right? Yeah. We all want to get behind this idea that, Oh my God, this is a big, coordinated effort and i think there's elements to that that hold true for sure um but depending on who you talk to you've got a camp of folks that think oh this is uh you know the liberals trying to get trump out it's going to disappear after the election well i mean that's not necessarily true Uh, i remember when it first kicked off it was like oh this isn't even a real thing this is this is weaker than the common cold well I, i live in utah and i know people who work in the hospitals and i can assure you that this is not some normal thing they're going through they're pulling uh, you know, OBGYN doctors off of their regular schedule to help out in the emergency room. Uh, something's happening, right? So I, I believe there's a virus. I, yeah, It was politicized 100%, right? Like, for sure, it was politicized. Because like, you when you look at the, uh, the wrestling show that is politics, the liberals will use this to get Trump out. And, uh, you know, they'll point out every little fault of his on reacting to it, you know, justified or not, I'm not, I'm not here to take political party sides. I think they're both uh, distractions on some level. I think uh, our our efforts to change our world are better handled locally. You know, like, for, like the Q people, I've been in arguments with these Q people for a long time, because I, I don't believe the theories, because I've never seen anything to make me believe it. I, I always say, you know, help me believe, help me, help me <laughs> understand. And they never give me evidence ever. And I, I don't know, like, I've looked into it enough to be like, I don't believe it. And you know, they want to be like, Oh, no, you know, it, it's so funny to me, because the conspiracy truther community gets behind this Q stuff. And they're like, Oh, my God, yes, Trump's gonna come save the kids. And I'm like, <laughs> Well, he's not saying he's gonna do that. But and they're like, yeah, but he's got to keep it from the deep state. It has to be this secret thing. And I'm like, okay, maybe. And <laughs> to me, like, you're wasting your time when meanwhile, you've got these these, these outfits like Operation Underground Railroad that are literally doing this. This is their mission statement. Like, give your efforts promoting them. Give your donations to them. And, and the Truther community is the first one to be skeptical of government and uh, how much they can really help. But meanwhile, they want to get behind QAnon and, and, and Trump's going to save the day from these kids. And I'm just like, dude. So I think Q is a big psyop, honestly. Um, I know it's a diatribe. Sorry to go off on a tangent
0: there. No, no, man. I I totally agree with you. Um, I had a guy the other day tell me on Instagram that uh, Q has the Operation Looking Glass technology. So he and uh, the president can see into the future. And so Trump is going to win in the end. And of course, lock up Joe and and Kamala and all these other people. And um, then he got into the Gisara and Nisara. And basically, you, you probably have read about that where they think that there's going to be this utopia um and you know everything's going to be fair and all illnesses are going to be he- you know healed it's like dude i'm i've got a tattoo that says conspiracy um oh, i don't no believe way. that for a minute <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah you're hardcore yeah but shit maybe i need to get one of those tattoos i like that <laughs> uh,
0: my, i had i was in a band for like 10 plus years and uh our name was, we are the conspiracy and we started way back in 97. So, (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, it's insane, man, what they believe and what they're willing to believe and And no matter the, no matter that these things aren't happening, most of them, uh, and even the few things that are, it's on a much smaller scale. Uh, and those were probably going to happen anyway. You just can't talk to people about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and,
1: um, so it's weird in the last couple of years I've become sort of the I've sort of doubled down on my my angle of trying to be the rational voice in the truth of the world because there have been so many divergent ideas floating around like um you know flat earth has taken off qanon has taken off and in in some realms I am happy to see that these groups exist because you're you're pulling you're pulling more minds into the pool of conspiracy thinking, which I think is a, just a good um, overall practice for critical thinking, questioning authority. Uh, but you know, someone's got to make sure we're not losing our damn minds. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't believe in flat earth. I don't believe in QA none, but I, you know, I have sympathy and I, and I, I and I hear, I, I try to be kind to these people because like they're, some of them are very new to this sort of truther environment and, right um I you know not everything they say is crazy flat earth like I, I spent a lot of time researching that because there was a lot of stuff on there that I thought well shoot maybe they're right but you know ultimately I come you know to a couple conclusions that I'm like look if if I had to guess on this thing like I'm, I'm going with the scientist and uh based on the idea of like you know I was going to college for engineering I've got a master's in engineering from Penn State and uh for undergrad, yeah, was an undergrad? Yeah. For undergrad, they were um the I wasn't in the class, but it was the class right next to mine for their senior project, they launched a satellite into space, into orbit. And oh. you know, that worked. Right. <laughs> it, did, it did come crashing down. So like <laughs> that's a pretty elaborate theory that you're gonna get every college to mishandle the physics formulas and Right. You get every, every pilot who's ever flown an international plane has to be in on this secret. And it's like, I just don't believe it, but I try to be kind and open-minded to these folks. I get a lot of flack for it, but like, um, people are opening up their minds to it, which is a good thing. Same, same with, uh, same with QAnon. Like there's a lot of nor- normies, right? A lot of normies that, that buy into this and they're waking up to the idea that child abuse is very real. Uh, which is a good thing that's a good thing Um, it's just I think they're misled in who their savior is going to be uh, to actually fix that issue
0: yeah I think so too I mean it's good that they are at least a lot of them are getting into conspiracy theories and and hidden history and they're they're like they're realizing holy shit there's this whole world out there of information that I never knew before so I do think that's definitely good Um, it's just crazy how you know, how partisan both sides have become. And it's like, I try, I mean, I I lean a little more to the right, but I'm like you, I try to, I mean, I don't trust either side. The establishment is the establishment in my, in my eyes, because it seems like they, you know, they do a lot of the same things. They belong to a lot of the same clubs and and institutions, but uh, people don't want to hear that. They want, you know, to be told that they're right and they want the extreme of one side or the other. And uh, that seems to be where the, you know, where the money is. You know, everybody's trying to capitalize on this uh, divide and and go after that, that particular audience. Um, and I, I appreciate what you were saying, man. You try to keep, you know, you try to keep perspective uh, in the conspiracy uh, community. I realized a while back, it's like, you got to kind of be willing to put your prejudices aside, your, whether it be religion or politics, if you're really going to go for the truth. And that's what I try to do. And I can tell that you, of course, that you try to do that as well uh, because, you know, it's like sometimes you find out things that you, that make you uncomfortable or, you know, make you kind of um doubt. Some of the things that you might have, believe, have believed before, maybe for a long time, but yeah. um, yep. you know, that's just the part of it. It's part of getting to that truth.
1: Yeah. There's a, as far as, you know political affiliations. I'm with you 100. percent. Like I'm an unaffiliated registered voter. I believe in the voting system to an extent. Uh, I believe in in a government to an extent. Um, I'm not I'm not a proponent for anarchy. I I think there's a place a time and place for government. Um, socially, I'm very liberal. I think everyone should have the free rights as long as they're not harming anyone else. Uh, but you know, in the last few years, I've become more right wing than I ever, you know, on the spectrum, so to speak, more on the right side than ever, because all of a sudden the left wing comes out of uh, left field, no pun intended, with their, uh, <laughs> their, their cancel culture and their uh, censorship objective. And it's, I think Joe Rogan said, said the great Joe, Joe Rogan, he said it best, he was talking about that, uh, you know, the only way to combat um, Bad speeches with uh, better speech, or something like that. The idea that you have to talk things out—you can't just cancel voices. As gross as those voices might be, you need to add voices to that to clarify and debate and discuss. And for whatever reason, the uh, the Liberal Party has decided to uh, co-opt this cancel culture stuff, which I 100 percent don't agree
0: with. Right? Yeah, man. I, and I know that some of my uh, friends who are are liberal—they I know they don't believe in that kind of stuff. Uh, I think they're just kind of afraid to say anything, you know, both sides are afraid to speak against their own party because they don't want to make them look bad and and get the other one, you know, the other side, make the other side look good. So nobody wants to say anything. And that's really dangerous, you know, because when you start, you know, censoring, of course, it's always going to come full, full circle and whoever is in charge politically will have more power to censor you. And that's, (laughs) you know, like, like we were saying, uh, it's kind of like, it kind of seems like a lot of these people uh, run in the same circles at the top, so you know it, it's it's really dangerous to start that whole censorship and deplatforming and all that. Um, so I wanted to ask you a question. Yeah. Um, has Axel Rose threatened to fight you in a Siberian death match like he did Vince Neil? <laughs> back in the 90s, for using his uh, user Illusion 1 for your new book. Uh,
1: no, not yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping he does. I'm really hoping he does, because that would be nothing but good press for me. Uh, that would really get my name out there if he uh, came at me and wanted to fight me. In fact, I, I'm confident he could beat me up, but like I would take the fight just to get my name out there a little bit better.
0: <laughs> That's awesome, man. I had to ask you that, because uh, I remember being, uh, I was like this big rock kid, and um, I remember he and Vince Neil had some fight like argument or something. And he, I was listening to the radio and uh, he challenged Vince Neil to a, a death match in Siberia. And I thought that was the funniest <laughs> thing. I've never forgotten that.
1: <laughs> oh my God. That's great. Yeah. I, I grew up on that stuff too, man. I loved Motley Crue. I loved Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue. In fact, I loved Motley Crue till I read the dirt. Uh, Neil Strauss wrote that book about the, the Motley Crue and, uh, you know i don't know like I, I felt really terrible about the vince neil's car accident I, and, and don't quote me on this but i want to say he was like drunk under the influence and he like hum, killed somebody or killed someone in his car or something and right um, kind of resumed partying the next day <laughs> from what i recall and i was like man i got it was too real for me and i was like god you know it sounds like fun and games but like whoever's family that was that sure sucked for them So, like, I kind of lost a little bit of respect for the the crew. But, you know, I still love them. They still got a place in my heart.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they are scumbags for sure. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. they made some good music, man, for sure. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's that's another big thing about this cancel culture that I always sort of campaign for is, like, you know, yeah, these artists are flawed. Like, Michael Jackson's a prime example. Like, I think that he did mess with those kids. Um, Right. I think he was also victimized himself. I think he was a victim of celebrityism his own dad was trying to like make money off of him and you know the list goes on and on like i i feel i have sympathy for michael jackson but i also do think that he messed with them kids uh so like you know no one's trying to cancel michael jackson music are you kidding me <laughs> it's like you know uh chance the rapper in fact he just uh sent out a he this whole piece on twitter about how he he was like oh here's a here's a playlist for the aliens because you know now we're pushing aliens down everyone's throat and uh it was nothing but Michael Jackson songs and I thought well that's a curious introduction to mankind a guy put a choo-choo train in a amusement park in his backyard to lure kids (laughs) to sleep over with him but you know know, the point is like no one's no one's getting rid of Michael Jackson tunes like we're not talking about that we canceled R. Kelly because it was like well we can do without R. Kelly but no one's canceling Michael Jackson come on
0: right yeah exactly I remember having a conversation with someone in uh, probably the mid to early 2000s, someone I was working with at the time. And we were talking about Michael Jackson. And I said, yeah, he he makes great music, but um, don't you think he's a pervert? And she was arguing with me against that. And I said, well, just think if, if a guy acted that way, just some normal guy was on your block and he did the same things that Michael Jackson does, you know, and it's like, of course he is, (laughs) but
1: yeah he's a talented yeah. pervert
0: you know
1: yeah yeah and, and i think that's like sort of the cognitive dissonance people have with the politics too like they just ref- and i don't understand that thinking at all man but like that's how people think sometimes and uh you know you know someone's got to shake shake them loose a little bit
0: right yeah it's definitely become a cult man a big time and it's <laughs> i guess it's always been that way but oh my god i guess thanks to you know social media which is a blessing and a curse like a lot of things it's made people so much more partisan and uh, you know, they're just really hard to approach and talk to. And in, in, in politics in general, it seems like it's such a, they feed us such a shallow line of, of thinking, you know, like uh, the, the, narratives are so shallow and, but they know that we'll take the bait because we're just so tribalistic and uh, emotional. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Appealing to the emotions, you know, and that, and this goes back to, And all this stuff we're talking about is sort of conspiracy 101, which, like, a lot of people first get into this, talking about, like, uh, Orwell's 1984 with, you know, talking about banning free speech and mass propaganda, brainwashing, like, Edward Bernays' propaganda. Like, this is all stuff that, like, really gives um, traction to a lot of conspiracy theories is the idea that not only is this possible, but this has already been done. So, um, right. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people this year more than ever are sort of waking up to this idea and and looking to the truther community because there's so much distrust of the mainstream media now. You know, and rightfully so. I, but but and it's kind of like um the way I think of mainstream media and the uh the uh like the CIA, the ABCs, you know, your your ABCs, FBI, CIA, yeah, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think the whole organization is like in on this secret nefarious plot. I think there are factions within these groups, right. maybe even the uh, the handlers, the 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 high level, you know, deep state, whatever you want to call them. I, I think they exist. I don't, but I'm not out here saying like, oh, we need to get rid of every every CIA agent, get rid of every FBI, get rid of all the news, because it's like, well, well, who's going to give us the news then? You know what I mean? Like, right. So, like, we can't just throw everything out and start over. Like, we just have to have some, uh, a uh, bit of discernment. And what do you, what, what, what did uh, Reagan always say? Trust but verify kind of attitude.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. I, so I, uh, we kind of dumped our cable maybe four years ago now. And, um, now this sounds crazy, but I I don't even watch movies or anything anymore. I, I don't do anything. I really? listen to comedy and um and listen to podcasts uh, or I'll, I'll watch comedy i'll watch stand up and stuff like that and like the the legion of skanks they're like this super raunchy uh group of comedians i'll check them out every every week and everything but like um man i've gotten so far away from commercials in, in any type of um corporate type of programming like that mm-hmm. that when i am in a place like at a bar or you know at the gym or somewhere where the tv is on it's it's weird, man. I feel like, and maybe this is just me, but I feel like I can see a lot of the the programming and, uh, you know, the 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 propaganda, even in commercials and stuff that I didn't used to be able to see. Um, and I don't know. I think it's just because I've gotten away from it. You know, you become kind of immune to everything. You don't really pay pay attention to stuff. And um, interesting. So, yeah,
1: I believe that. I believe that's possible. Um, you know, I I still consume entertainment on all levels because that's kind of like my my job so to speak for right uh, yeah reporting on this stuff so um and sometimes it's pretty painful but uh, i definitely try to get like uh, stuff on the dvr that i can fast forward because i can't stand commercials but uh, they're, they're just so blatant but i've heard that like that's the point is like um they don't care that they're blatant and that it's obvious what they're doing like they're it because to me, it goes back to a lot of these ideas of like Carl Jung and, and Plato with the uh, symbolism talking to the subconscious and manifesting reality. And that's why like, they, don't, they don't care that the commercial is obviously got an agenda. It, it doesn't matter. They, they just want you to absorb it uh, so that it can sort of do its magic and, and manifest itself into your life later on.
0: Right, yeah. I think you're right, man. Um, I did want to mention one thing, that, and I bet you're familiar with this, but a couple years ago, I ran across a book by a guy named Max Heindel. It's an old book called Freemasonry and Catholicism. Have you ever read that book or familiar with that that,
1: No, but that name rings a bell. I'm not sure why, but no, I've never read that book.
0: So he was a, I can't even remember how I found the book, but he he was a Rosicrucian and I think he, he's probably written several other books on Rosicrucianism and different things like that. In fact, I know he has, but, um, so I, I wanted to talk to you about this cause you're the man to talk to for sure. So he explains in there something that I thought was fascinating that I've never outright read in another book. And that's that the Rosicrucians and the Freemasons believe that there's this battle for mankind, for the soul of mankind, and you know, that's nothing new, but uh they believe that it comes, it stems from uh the, the bloodlines of Cain and Seth. Have you ever heard that? Like I, they believe the I, whole I, world kind of uh there's this 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 battle, this global battle between those two bloodlines. And uh, mm-hmm. and they believe like that uh Cain's descendants were uh, the worker maker warrior class and, uh, Seth's, you know, he was the third son of Adam and Eve, uh, his, his bloodline was the, um, the priestly shepherd class. And so it's, it was so fascinating, man, because, um, he equates that with the, you know, with the the battle for the soul of mankind and how we've been at each other's throats, you know, for, you know, all this time. And, um, and he believes also he says in that book that um that the that Cain's line will win out in the end, so I thought that was pretty interesting.
1: oh, that's curious yeah there's um i I don't know much on the ideas of the Freemasons versus the Rosicrucians. I know that a lot of these secret societies they blend into one another, <clears throat> and even right. uh even, so Manly P. Hall has this sort of encyclopedia of occult symbolism and ideas uh, called the, uh, oh boy, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, Secret Teachings of All Ages. Yeah. yeah. And there's mention of a Rosicrucian brotherhood in, in Manly P. Hall's writings uh, as being like sort of this, because um, there's a section where he talks about, it might be in a different book, what the ancients, What's it called? Anyway, it doesn't matter. It <laughs> mainly be all. He was uh, saying that the role of the occultists is to embed themselves into you know politics, pop culture, give themselves a role of prominence in the culture, but they needed to remain their their allegiance to the society had to remain hidden from the masses. Um and he alludes to the idea that he learned this through the ancient Rosicrucian brotherhood. Um, and, and, and that's the whole idea behind a lot of these occult secret societies is this, this hidden agenda that goes back to this ancient brotherhood, this mystery school that been underground for hundreds of years. And one of the ideas is that it goes all the way back to Cain from the Bible, Cain and Abel. Um, and Cain of course got the mark of Cain because he he murdered Abel and you know from Cain the descendants were included a guy named Tubal-Cain. Yeah. And Tubal-Cain uh, has been talked about in with great reverence uh, by Manly P Hall and the idea is that and and you see the symbolism it's really weird because it ties into the symbolism of the 007 from James Bond, which also is the same, which is what John D. and Edward Kelly used to sign their letters. They would sign it with uh, John D. would associate himself as 007. Uh, and, and John D. <laughs> I know this, is, this might get convoluted quick, but John D. was uh, channeling alien spirits and talking to the aliens that came up with this in Nokian language which goes back to the book of Enoch uh, because, because all these, when you, when you research all these groups and people, it always goes back to this ancient knowledge way back to like biblical times. Um, and that includes this, uh, this symbolism of the zero zero seven for John D it's argued that that is two balls and a cane, the way he drew it out. It's hard to explain without showing it, but um, that's the idea. And like, facebook even adopted this logo at one point it's this two zeros with a a, a cane looks like it's 007 kind of uh, but allegedly this is all connected to the same sort of understanding that there's a, a an elite bloodline there's a spiritual battle going on and to me that's what the the alien agenda is all about is trying to create the new world uh, the new world order the accomplish the great work of Freemasonry is to create the new world with a new understanding and embracing this mystery school that has been thriving underground for so many years.
0: Yeah, that, that makes total sense, man. I, and I've seen that, uh, that what you're talking about, the, the tubal cane symbol, symbol that I think Freemasons use that in something too, maybe it could be wrong, but I've seen that drawn out. Um, and yeah, I wanted to ask you that, about the aliens, because I know you've got a new book out. And um, I find that just fascinating, because it, it seems like all these different um, belief, um, like these different belief sets kind of link up together. Like, I, I, I've i been reading a book called uh, Things to Come by Foster Bailey. It's Alice Bailey from Lucius Trust, her husband, uh, you know, they were all into the the new age and everything. And, you know, it's like the new age has all this hippie vibe to it, which I'm cool with, you know, but, you know, they, they bring the brotherhood of man and all that stuff, but he he talks in there constantly about the plan, the plan, the plan. And uh, of course Q, you know, talked about the plan. And uh, I just thought that was interesting, but it seems like that they are definitely getting us ready for this alien. Um, I don't know, whatever they're, they're going to pull over on us. Uh, Some can you tell us a little bit about your book?
1: Yeah, most definitely. And and that's, I haven't read Bailey's husband's works, but ba- Alice Bailey makes an appearance in my book <coughs> because, um, you know, she was in contact with, uh, so her and Helena Blavatsky, these two occultists, they were both in contact with the spirit Joie Kuhl, uh who was allegedly this integrated ascended master, which when you read like the the ideas of who these these ascended masters are, they sound a lot like sort of alien spirits or something. Um, But their whole purpose, Blavatsky and and Bailey and the secret doctrine, which influenced uh, lots of occultists, the the whole idea was to fuse this ancient wisdom that's been underground for so many years with modern science, which is what your early occultists uh, were scientists, like Isaac Newton, uh, studying alchemy and all that kind of stuff. Uh, So what, what my book is trying to do, because I've been interested in aliens since, I mean, since as long as I could remember, since I was a a young teenager, um, X-Files, uh, there was that cartoon on MTV called The Head, I think is what it was called, about an (laughs) alien living in the guy's head. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I was into all that stuff. So like, I've always been fascinated by it and I wanted to write a full, you know, I've written several books. I've never devoted an entire book to aliens because there's so much to talk about that it always was kind of like overwhelming. That I just was like, nah, I'm not doing it. Uh, but I thought I'm going to write this book. What can I do? Because there's so many books written about aliens. I thought, what can I do that's something new? Like I don't want to just give reports of scary, ghost, uh, scary ghost stories about aliens and UFOs. Like there's a million books like that. And I thought, well, I'm just going to do with what I have been studying for going on 10 years now. It's the occult and the symbolism and the occult philosophies that are embedded into entertainment. How does that fit into the aliens and UFOs? Because one thing that was clear to me was that the the uh, the concept of aliens and embracing the idea of extraterrestrials living living out amongst the stars and and possibly interacting with us or even creating us or genetically modifying us, that is gaining traction. Um, Especially because I, I wrote my first book in 2011 or 2012. And back then the attitude was very skeptical about aliens and UFOs. In fact, I think I, if I recall in the book, I sort of go through efforts to sort of defend the idea that look, extraterrestrials could exist. I mean, that's what, Jesus Christ was and there's a lot of Christians out there so like on some levels we if you're a Christian you believe in the idea of a a being not from this world right that's what right. Jesus Christ was So that was the attitude 8 years ago but now today you've got every celebrity every scientist NASA everyone the movies that they're all they've all successfully turned this around to prove and support the idea that aliens do exist. Uh, In fact, the attitude is like, God, there's so many stars out there and planets out there. How could they not? You'd be stupid to believe they don't exist. And and I get that attitude. Um, I clearly don't know the answer to that. No one does. But to me, my concern is that whether or not there's extraterrestrials living on another planet out there or not. Um, we don't know that we, we, we can't prove that yet. So we, we can't say it doesn't pass the scientific method yet. So these scientists that say for sure they're out there, they're failing their own study, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson constantly, Oh, aliens for sure. They exist. Well, not really, dude. Like that's not the scientific method. You haven't proven that at all. You can say, I think they exist. And I would buy that. I would say, yeah, probably. Right. There's a lot of plants out there, but I'm not. I'm not incorporating it into my belief system yet. But what my concern is, more importantly, is that there have been a long line of occultists going back through uh, Aleister Crowley, Jack Parsons, Helena Blavatsky, John Dee. I mean, the list goes on and on. These these occultists that were all very much in in league with um, destroying Christianity. They viewed that as a real problem, blocking mankind from evolving. Um, and look, and and full disclosure, like I'm a Christian, but like, I also have spent many years agnostic about the thing. And and I'm very skeptical of a lot of stuff. And to me, like it requires faith because you can't prove some of these things. and, And it's a tough sell. I get that. Like I struggle with faith too, but like, um, so I get it when some people roll their eyes like, oh geez, but To me, I look to the occultists that are clearly Luciferian. They clearly describe Lucifer as the the real God of mankind, as per all their documents and books. Mm -hmm. These same folks who wanted to destroy Christianity and instill a Luciferian religion, all were making contact with entities uh, for hundreds of years. And I believe they're pursuing this agenda to create a new religion, a spiritual faith, around the aliens it's a new pagan thing we're going back in time to when there were the you know the romans and stuff with all these pagans worshiping hundreds of gods out in the sky and i think that uh, my idea So, like that's one sort of radical idea that i i try to convey in the book but another is even to put my neck out further i'm arguing that entertainment is going to be a tool used for them to manifest aliens into our reality. Much like, you know, Alistair Crowley did these amalantra workings to summon lamb, the first gray alien back in 1918, Jack Parsons and now Ron Hubbard use a modification of that formula to do a uh, magical working out in the desert to channel the, the whore uh, of Babylon, which allegedly is what opened up this portal with Roswell and the UFO came through. Cause that was right after uh, and and we go through that whole sort of idea in the book, but conceptually overall, I believe that entertainment symbolism speaks to us on a subconscious level and and changes thoughts and beliefs in the minds of the masses. And I believe through the ideas of quantum entanglement, quantum physics, thoughts and beliefs can become reality with enough uh, with enough buy in from the masses and people looking for this to be the truth, I think that energetically this is similar to uh, an occult ritual where they're trying to get us to sort of manifest these aliens into our world. And I, and the warning that I would have is looking at the motivations of the people that came up with this idea, and have been pursuing this idea, that it could have very nefarious consequences, that they might be talking to demons. They might be, I mean, they could be angels, it could be demons out there. Or, extra dimensionally, uh, in some other dimension. Cause I, am more of a, their inner dimension versus inter, uh,
0: galactic, you know, I'm more in that yeah. camp. But that's
1: kind of what my book is about
0: in general. It sounds fascinating, man. I mean, you've got such a large body of work. You've got, how many books have you written? now about, what, about six or seven? I think it's
1: 12, but like three of those were like, or no, four of those were combined into one book cause they were like kind of short, shorter, you know, 50 page analysis deals. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's like eight to 12. I got 12 titles on audible right now. So like, that's how I, I know it's 12, but I, th- I think four of those were a combo compilation book.
0: I did. Wow. That's fantastic, man. Yeah. You know, you know my ass off. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I mean, you put so much work. I can tell you put so much time into it. I don't think that uh, the normal listener uh, really puts too much thought into how much time that you put into this stuff. Um, See, one thing, I just had a brain fart. Uh, What was I going to ask you? I don't know. (laughs)
1: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, man. Um, I'm borderline psychotic OCD or something's wrong with me. (laughs) It's it's become, uh, it's been quite the obsession for me to try to, because I spend, I sort of divvy up my time with researching, reading these, because I find that I've given up on a lot of truthers and now I'm building this sort of massive library of books that I'm trying to get through. I mean, I got a pile of books I haven't read yet um, and I'm trying to get through, trying to do enough reading every day. Then I sort of look for these ideas and pop culture on the movies and stuff like that. And that, that's kind of the gist of, and then, and then I create the content. The content's actually like, probably the least time consuming part because I've got it streamlined so much that I can kind of, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good with computers and I can kind of boom, 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 knock it out. Yeah. Um, but you're right, man. It takes forever to do some of this stuff, especially when you're setting it up or doing the, doing the first, you know, the first time you're doing a, a show or a video or something like it, you got to get the artwork and the music. And it's like, Oh, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of mundane stuff but once you get it going once you get it rolling and you get it set up then
0: it's a little easier yeah i know what it was that i was going to mention um and you may be familiar with this but there was a book i want to say from the late 60s maybe early 70s called the report from iron mountain and i know at first they claimed the book was uh, um it was about real events and then there was some flack about it and um then they claimed that it was fiction, but uh, there was—it was all about these crazy things going on behind the scenes in government. Uh, a lot of things that have come true since then, but uh, one of the things was that there was a plan that if, if, in case the population, the masses ever got too out of control for some reason, they would uh, stage an alien invasion, and um, you know they kind of explain it in there because that would be the one thing that would unite the people and get them back on the government side. <laughs> and uh, right. whether they say that it was, uh, it was eventually scrapped. So.
1: Yeah. I think um, Bill Cooper talked about this uh, in his book, cause he was always on the fence about the thing. Cause he was in the military and Naval intelligence. And he said that he saw a UFO. He said he saw documents talking about all this stuff. Uh, but he was always on the fence about whether or not to actually uh, believe in aliens or not. Cause he was like, look, I don't know if this was disinformation and they wanted me to share this or this is like, a you know, he, he just wasn't sure. Right. Um, right. And I recall the name iron mountain reading about it in the book, but it sounds a lot like project Bluebeam, which is, uh, Quite, quite the operation. I go through that in a chapter in the book. I devote a whole sort of chapter to it, and uh, the short version of what Project Bluebeam is 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 this idea that they will, they being like the Illuminati or you know whoever you want to believe is this cabal running the world or pushing for a, a one world government, they are going to put on a, a light show, basically that. Is going to be a fake alien invasion, and the timeline by the guy who came up with this, or the guy who claims that he saw evidence of this, Serge Manast. I read his his little. Uh, it's not a full book, but it's like his article on on this that back from like ninety four, and a lot of his ideas are coming true, strangely enough. Um, you know, because he was talking about this stuff back in ninety four, and the the idea overall is that the the cabal will have enough resources and data you know and that's what we're doing we're they're doing a lot of data mining that they can put on a coordinated light show to dupe the masses and some support for that and and the reason they would do the light show is to get people to believe that oh there's a there's a new god because the, the light show will have aliens come down on all the corners of the planet and they'll have voices talking to people from the, from this light show that says, Oh, I'm God. And by the way, all gods are the same, Jesus and Mohammed and and the Buddha, we're all emanations from the same source, which is a cult sort of doctrine uh, medical doctrine there. And they're going to put on this light show and, uh, and it's going to be very subjective, but the concern I have that, Because this sounded nutty. Years ago, I remember hearing this and thinking like, I don't know if I believe this one. But when you have this idea of 5G rolling out, because I did a full analysis on 5G in one of my other books, uh, that is what they call the Internet of Things. They're going to have every device hooked into the, the, the Internet, basically. And these devices could assist in this elaborate light show. You add that in with... Holographic technology and Uh, drones—you know—you see these drones are very coordinated shows, like at the Super Bowl. Man, that looks pretty realistic. Yeah, uh, and you have Elon Musk pushing Neuralink, where there's like a brain cap. Now your brain's hooked into the internet. They're they're slowly etching towards the capability for this to be a reality, where they convince everyone that oh, this is a real alien, this is the real god, and this new God, of course, is going to be like, look, we need to globalize. We need a one world government order. And then everyone's going to be like, okay, cool. Yeah, let's do that. And then when things get a little, you know, and Manas sort of lays out the timeline and part of this timeline involves a fake alien invasion. They're going to fake an alien invasion as part of this plan to get us to uh, get the one world order, global religion, global government, that kind of thing. Um, and look, I don't know if I don't know if any of this stuff's going to be true or not, but like they sure are laying the foundations to make that happen since '94 when he was writing about this. Uh, so we'll see what we'll see what what you know what brings about in the next few years with all the data mining, everything being hooked into the internet, everything in communications like that. Um, meanwhile, the entertainment industry has been embedding this idea. For, for many years of uh, all, you know, it's, no one's religious anymore. Everyone's spiritual. And, and I, again, I get it, right? Like I use some of the Buddhist practices in my life and I'm a Christian. Uh, so like there's, th- there's this growing idea that like people don't have allegiances to religions anymore. Organized religion has let them down. And it has on some levels. So there's a uh, been this, this trend of thinking like, well, you know, God is just a cosmic consciousness and, and that, and that fits into the project blue Beam narrative. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. man, it's, and even on a, a, just a basic human level, if you're not even into conspiracies or, you know, any of the hidden stuff, um, it feels like something we're being prepared for something and it feels yeah. like they're getting closer and closer. Um, and it's like you say too. um, because I'm a Christian too. I don't, I, mean, I don't talk about it like, like you I don't wear it on my sleeve because man, I like to drink and, and play loud music and do crazy things. I'm not an example, you know, before people should be, but <laughs> dude,
1: I, I'm with you, man. I do the same thing, dude. Like I'm doing all these things that I'm probably not supposed to, but I feel like that's most, I feel like that's a lot of people out there and those voices aren't really heard ever uh, Yeah people want to put on this show that like, Oh, I'm a Christian and i do the right thing all the time. And it's like, Oh man. Uh, right. a weird, that's a weird life to live. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry, man. I did mean to cut you off.
0: No, not at all, man. I, I was just going to uh, say that uh, like, I know you talk about this and the only other person I've heard talk about it is that guy, Gary Wayne, uh, mm. that wrote the Genesis six conspiracy. And he, he, he says, and I know you have too, that, uh, all these polytheistic religions have one thing in common and that's that they hate Christianity and they're really, really against it. Uh, I think they hate Islam too, but you know, Islam's not, you know, the main religion in the Western world. And, uh, but they definitely are always against it, no matter what taking every shot they can against it. And it's, you know, it's really, uh, evident
1: yeah, that's that's and Gary Wayne. I'm familiar with him. I didn't get into his work for my research for the book. Uh, I probably should have. Uh, his name has been on my radar a million times. And I listened to a couple of his lectures years ago. Um, I think he, he's the guy that talks about the Nephilim a lot, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I want to get I, I need to get into his body of work and then see if I can get him on my show. A lot of people requested him. I guess he's got some you know, and I recall it being a pretty good lecture, the one I saw so
0: yeah i I've actually um I asked him to be on my show, and I didn't think he was going to be on because uh, it took him two or three weeks to get back to me, but he's supposed to be on in a couple of weeks, so um i nice. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it uh, so I read that book, man, and he it's it's a really good book it's really thick he's got like two hundred pages of just end notes and references, but he covers it's it's kind of like to me I, I would describe it as the alternative history of mankind and he starts into prehistory and um it's not like he's a christian but it's not preachy at all it's not nothing about that uh and he ties all these different uh, societies and ancient societies together and and how they had so many things in common and their legends and different things like that and then he gets into the bloodlines and goes into um you know like the um the templars and 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 all the bloodlines that still uh you know irrelevant today so it's a a good read
1: yeah i'll have to check into that it sounds like it's right up my alley with all that stuff
0: yeah it's one of those it's like you kind of leave it uh by the desk because it's kind of he's got so many references that it's good to you can look back and be like where did he get that information i've bought several books just from his reference notes nice well dude man um I really appreciate you being on, man. I knew we'd get along great, and I uh, love your show. I love the stuff you do. Uh, my wife's a big fan as well. Uh, I know you've got a new podcast uh, coming up on Rockfin. Is that right? Yeah.
1: yeah, and let me take two minutes to explain what's going on here, because uh, for the people that are familiar with me, I so I've got this podcast, Conspiracy Theories and Unpopular Culture, and I've been banned off of everything already, so I – I shifted over to podcasting and and that's been really good. I think I've been doing that show since 2014 and I started a Patreon where they get like bonus, you know, shows every month and a bunch of other little perks and that's been good to me. But they are very much into censorship at Patreon. But like I said, I'm not censored. No warnings have been given to me. Everything's totally kosher between me and Patreon. I have no problems. However, uh, a lot of people messaged me when they they banned a bunch of accounts in october not mine and a lot of people said look i can't stand for this anymore um if you go anywhere else let me know because i'm bailing on patreon i said okay i understand because i get that i get that i don't i'm very anti-censorship so i ironically was also in communications with rockfin which is a company that prides itself on free speech they have a whole free thinking media category and it's basically what Rockfin is. It's sort of like a Netflix where you pay one subscription fee and you get access to all these people's different bonus content. And I said, look, I said to Rockfin, I was like, look, I I want to keep my Patreon going. Like, they haven't banned me. Things are good there. I like it. And they were like, okay, cool. Uh, why don't you just do, like, a different podcast for us? So uh, on the Rockfin, you get the all the conspiracy po- theories show podcast but you also get a new show i'm doing called inside the mind of a conspiracy theorist where you know it's just a, a deeper dive behind the scenes of what it's like to be a truther in this in this realm and especially a truther who doesn't really buy into what everyone else is saying and then i you know i'll do a little bit on health a little bit on nutrition a little bit on spirituality just whatever's going on in my my day i try to make it entertaining try to make it light Um, but that is exclusive to Rockfin. But if people want my bonus stuff, they can go to either place. It's just another option is all it is. Um, And if anyone's interested, they can check it out. It's rockfin.com slash creator slash Isaac. Yeah, it it should be a good time. Uh, I know it seems weird for a lot of people out there that have been on my Patreon. They're like, wait a minute, are you leaving Patreon? And like, no, I'm not. I just... I lost some people on Patreon because they were, didn't want to support the, uh, the censorship stuff. So I, I gave, I'm giving them another option. Um, so, you know, people can check it out, choose their own adventure, whichever they desire.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, we need as many outlets as we can get nowadays because of the censorship. Cause you just never know, man. Like, Dude, I, I blog, I've been blogging forever and, and just talking about stuff, and nobody wanted to really even listen. They think I'm, you know, thought I was crazy. Then I got on Instagram, and people went nuts, you know. And it was like these younger people were really identifying. I could tell that they're really hungry for new information. Yes. And uh, you know, so you you find this one outlet that works for you, and you go for it. But it's it's not promised, and it could be gone tomorrow. So I don't blame you a bit.
1: Yeah, um, and I'm not. And, you know, I always tell people if they go to my website, IlluminatiWatcher.com slash start, there's an email sign up. That's the one true and only verified way that you can stay in touch with me if I get banned off of. You know, I've been shadow banned from Google. I've been completely banned from YouTube. And uh, Amazon blocked one of my books, uh, which you can get for free um, on my Gumroad store now. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the censorship is like unreal, Cause especially because I'm. I tried to take a neutral stance on things and I think what happened was YouTube was, was, was waking people up too much. Cause I was in there during the heyday of YouTube and I had a, you know, 73,000 subscribers at my peak before they banned me. And I think it was opening up too many minds to it. So that was the first thing to go. And uh, that's, yeah, we keep jumping from platform to platform, but we keep getting banned everywhere in Rockford Assures that they will not do that, so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll try this one. So, um, you know, Patreon still works for me. Patreon's been good to me. I've got no bad words to say about Patreon. So, uh, I just giving people another option of where they can find me.
0: No, man, that's good. That's definitely a good thing. And one more thing I want to say before uh, we go that one of the things I like about you, man, is you obviously you're a very intelligent person and uh, you have a uh, education. But you you talk to people like a regular, you know, a regular guy, you know, I feel like I'm just sitting there listening to one of my bros and, and I, that's rare because a lot of guys are either too arrogant, they come across too arrogant and that's just a turn off to me or, um, you know, they are so they they come at you in such a scholarly way that it's boring as hell. <laughs> so,
1: so <I> think <laughs> yeah, you, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I, I, I pride myself on that. And I, cause I, I also feel like, Put myself in the 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 seat of the viewer and the listener, and I, I, I want to entertain them and keep them listening. And I've, I've I'm with you, dude. I've heard enough of these people that can't <laughs> make it entertaining, or they're too busy trying to use highfalutin words. And it's like, oh my god! I, in fact, I I bought a. Uh, I, I'm a, a big fan of Mitch Horowitz's research. He's an occultist, and he he puts out some pretty good information. And I bought a, a event he did one of those like uh, online streaming events that I bought into a two hour lecture. And I mean, I couldn't make it 30 minutes. I was like, I'll oh, forget it. Just take my money and I'm done. And I backed out because <laughs> it's so boring.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. I've definitely listened to some guys like that and it's just, you can't, you can't remember anything because it's just too mundane. And yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't know if they're just trying to impress everyone or, or, or what. And like, for me, like that's so far beyond the point of, what I I'm just I'm trying to entertain and and get the message into people, uh. You know I'm trying to learn and and people learn with me along the way for some things like uh. You know like the Raised by Wolves show. There's a lot of deep, heavy esoteric concepts in there that you know I I've got to research this stuff because I don't know it off the top of my head. So I figure, and 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 some of those like uh that episode two you're talking about of Raised by Wolves that I did um. You know. I know that I got deep into heavy territory and I was like, man, I'm going to lose a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people are going to skip past this episode. So I tried to, I try my best to keep it lively. So yeah, thank you. Kind words. Appreciate it.
0: Oh, you're very welcome, man. And that's, that's kind of stuff I love, man. When you get deep into the cult like that, cause it is things that, you know, you're not going to hear that stuff probably anywhere else. No, uh, nowhere. So, nowhere else. Nope. And and it helps to understand the world we live in because our world was created by the in, in many ways. You know, there's, they've had a huge influence anyway on our, our world and uh, our customs and stuff like that. So uh, it helps you to, you know, understand why certain things are the way they are, why certain things are happening. And it's really amazing.
1: Yes, absolutely. You, you said it correctly. Yep, <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it, man. The occultists built our world. We better learn what they're trying to do.
0: yes for sure man well Isaac man thank you so much for being on Uh, it's my birthday I'm 45 today and this I couldn't have got a better birthday present yeah thank you man thank you I'm gonna um here after a while I'm gonna go have about 10 (laughs) 10, uh stouts or porters and uh or maybe not 10 I'll I'll do like seven.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah they drink one for me yeah it's my favorite man I like I like dark beers so I feel you on that
0: yeah Awesome, man. Well, have a great day. And uh, anytime, man, if you ever have anything to to promote or you want to talk about anything, man, hit me up. You have an open door here and uh, love to have you on, man.
1: Definitely, man. Thank you. Happy birthday, man. Have a good day.
0: Thank you. You as well. We'll see you, man.
1: See ya.